0: What are you thankful for? I mean, we're coming into the Thanksgiving season, right? What are you thankful for? Uh, have you ever thought about that? Like, have you? I mean, you're coming to, next week is, like, literally a week from tomorrow is Thanksgiving. Anybody going away, like, out of town for Thanksgiving? Yeah? Several of you? I'm getting out of town. Shelly and I and the family, we're headed to our happy place. We're going to the mountains. We're going to spend a week... In the mountains, gonna be incredible. I'm looking forward to getting away and hanging out with God up on a mountain and my family. So, uh, I, there's a, a question posed to a group of kids, and the group of kids, the, the question was, What are you thankful for? Right? What do you th- I wanna read to you some of the responses from front, some of these kids. Some of them will make you giggle. Uh, one of them, like, what are you asking these kids, What are you thankful for? Number one was ceiling fans. Whoever invented a ceiling fan, kudos. Uh, one of them said the Statue of Liberty. Yeah. Yeah. Amen. Why not? It's good. You never thought to be thankful for that, were you? Okay. Number three, mommy wiping my poop. Yeah. Hey, she doesn't what? never mind. Uh, no, y'all are clapping for something you haven't experienced in like a long time. Number four, cookies, lots of cookies, lots of cookies. That is something to be thankful for. Uh, Number five, I'm thankful for snowmen, daddy, and quesadillas. And all God's people said, amen, amen to daddies, right? Um, Number six, I'm thankful for everything, everything except tigers and lions and sharks because they bite. So I'm thankful for everything, but not those. And the last one, and probably the cutest one, sparkles. I'm thankful for sparkles. Hey, I want you to think about what is, what is something that you are genuinely thankful for? What are you thankful for? I want you to share it with your neighbor. If anything, write it down on your talk sheet and share it with your neighbor. What are you genuinely thankful for? What is it? I'll tell you this. There are several things that I'm thankful for. One of those is I'm thankful for Shelly. I'm thankful for an amazing wife. I'm also thankful for, y'all listen up. I'm also very thankful for my family. I'm so thankful for my relationship with the Lord. I mean, just think about those are two really big relationships in my life. My relationship with God and my relationship with my wife. Those are the two most valuable things that I have in my, in, my, in my life right now. Maybe some of you, your family. You're thankful for family. Maybe you're thankful for an experience. Maybe you're thankful for a school. Maybe you're thankful for uh, maybe a friendship, something that you may be sitting next to your best friend, and you go, I'm thankful for you. Ah, I'm thankful for you. Um, but yeah, have you ever thought about, in your relationship with the Lord, there's so many things that you can be thankful for for God. So many things. And we could probably come up with this long laundry list of different things that we are thankful for God for. There's one in particular characteristic that I would love for us to kind of dial in for the rest of our time tonight. We could be thankful for the cross. We could be thankful for uh, the shed blood. But all of that means one word. Why did God go to the cross? Why did God give his one and only son? It's so that we could experience the forgiveness of sins. And as we think about it, and I, and I, I want you to join me in this thought, are you thankful for the forgiveness that God has shown you? Are you thankful for that forgiveness? Because let's just be honest. Your sin, my sin too, was nasty, was ugly, rancid is another word I probably came up with. The sin... That I had in my life that God was opposed to was not cool, was ugly, was nasty, and it was condemning. That sin that I had in my life before I knew Christ was condemning me to hell. And without the forgiveness, the shed blood of Jesus on the cross, I would not be able to experience a relationship with Him. And it is because of his love toward me and toward you that we can experience the forgiveness of God. Are you genuinely thankful that God has forgiven you? I mean, I'm not just talking giving God lip service kind of genuine thankful. Are you genuinely thankful for the forgiveness that God has shown to you? That yet while you are still a sinner, Christ died for you. That's a lot of love. And that's a big action from a very big God that he would be so willing to look at you and look at me and the status of my life full of sin and say, I still love him, I still love her. And even despite the thing that's separating me from them, I will willingly give my one and only son because I love them so much so that I can have a relationship with them, the forgiveness that they need and the peace that they need in their life. Are you genuinely, I mean, genuinely thankful that God's in your life, that you have a relationship with God? And for those in the room, I'm just gonna be honest with you, those that do not have a relationship with God, maybe tonight would be the night that you would see the love of God that he would have for you, that while in the middle of your sin, that he had sent his one and only son, that he would paved the way for you to have a relationship with him and to spend an eternity in heaven. And the way that he did that was through the shed blood of the cross and giving of his one and only son so that your sin could be forgiven. Are you genuinely thankful for the forgiveness that God has given you? And I started thinking about this. If that's true, if that's true, if I really believe that he has fully forgiven me, then what does, how, does that, how do I live my life? How, how does that translate? How do I step into the promise of God that he has for my heart and my life in, in salvation? How do I step into that? How do I receive that forgiveness? Now what? I receive that forgiveness, invite Christ into my life, but there's something that's got to come out of me that, one, shows the gratitude and the appreciation that he has done for me. How, how do I received this forgiveness, and what do I do in my life, what do I do to best reflect that and to honor God for what he's done in my heart and my life? Obviously, one of the biggest things is that we need to walk away from sin. That's one of the biggest things we probably need to do. If he's forgiven us of that sin, then there's no need for us to keep on going back to it. That's the word called repent. That means to change the direction of your life. Of your, of your heart and your life. That you would genuinely lean toward God. You would not lean toward sin. That You would step into the righteousness that he has for you and that you would walk away from all of that sin because he has forgiven you. That's one way that we can step into the reality of accepting that forgiveness. But there's another way. And the other way is giving forgiveness. It's giving it. One of the most dear relationships I have in my life is with her. Like, she means a lot to me. And there are times where I have messed up. I have wronged her. And there are times where she has wronged me. Now, it's few and far between. But in this relationship that I have with her, that one of the greatest gifts that I could give to her is forgiveness. Why? Why can I give her that greatest gift? Anybody want to take a... Why should I do that? It's because it was first given to me. It's because I received that forgiveness, and so therefore, what i the greatest gift that I could give to the relationships and the people around me is that same kind of forgiveness. She's not perfect. I love her a lot, but even in her imperfections, I accept her for everything that she is. And I'll truly love her. And because of that, I will give the forgiveness that she needs. And I will do whatever is necessary in order to right that friendship and that right that relationship such that I'm honoring the forgiveness that God has given to me. Y'all, here's the reality of our culture and reality of teenagehood. All right. The reality of teenagehood is that we don't give forgiveness. We have been wronged. Somebody has said something to us. Somebody has wronged us. Somebody has, and it's verbal. It may be digital. It may be all sorts of things. And here's the reality. As a believer in Christ, many of you are not giving away forgiveness like you have received forgiveness from God. Oh, you're a believer in Christ, but you're walking around using unforgiveness as a weapon toward other people. I'm starting to get on soapbox. Everything I'm speaking right now is straight from Scripture. Straight from it. I'm going to prove it to you in just a minute. What God desires for us is that we would give forgiveness away because we have been forgiven and that we would seek to be at peace and to live at peace with the people around us. That's one of the spiritual gifts. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, self-control. I'm going to come back to that here in just a minute. But here are a couple of... I want want us to look... For us as believers, we ought to always seek peace in our relationship with the other, for it reflects the peace that we have in our relationship with God. And here's the thing, and I I know this to be true because I've seen it in my own life. When I'm in conflict with God, and I begin to look at the horizontal relationships and the people and the friendships around me, and I'm in conflict there, guess what? It's because I'm in conflict with God. And the times when I'm right with God and the times I'm spending time with him and the times that I'm genuinely connecting, it feels like and seems like that all of these horizontal relationships are really good. It really does. I don't know how it just works out. I just know that in our relationship, when I'm in the word and she's in the word, we're good. And the moments when we start drifting from the word and we start drifting in our relationship with the Lord, then there's going to be some conflict. And that is so true, guys. And I hope that you are, you're hearing this. And friendships matter to you. I know they do. And when friendships aren't good, you're not good. Because they're so valuable to you. You cherish these friendships. You cherish these relationships. You cherish the people that you walked into even to this room with. There may be so many friends that are outside of this room that couldn't come tonight or whatever. They matter to you. You spend so much emotional energy on the friendships and the people around you. Why do you do that? Why do you spend so much emotional energy on that? It's because it matters to you. It really does. And God, it matters to God too. It matters how we treat each other. And like I said at the very beginning, one of the greatest gifts that we can give to the people around us is forgiveness. I want us to read a couple of passages of scripture. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5 verses 13 through 22. I think I have it up on the screen, but if you have your Bible app there, you can pull it up on your phone or uh, if you have your Bible, but 1 Thessalonians 5:13 says this. Live at peace with one another. I urge you brothers and sisters, admonish the unruly, encourage the faint-hearted, help the weak, be patient with everyone. Really? You want me to be patient? See that no one repays another with evil for evil, but always seeks what is good for the one, for one another, and for all people. Rejoice always. Pray without ceasing. In everything, give thanks, for this is the will of God for you in Christ Jesus. Do not quench the Spirit, and don't utterly uh, reject prophecies, but examine everything. Hold firmly to that which is good and abstain from every form of evil. Please hear me. Paul is speaking to the Thessalonica's, the people there in Thessalonica, and he is encouraging them and admonishing them. Why? Because there was conflict with each other. There was conflict in the church. The re- horizontal relationships in the church were at, were at odds. And he simply says, and he puts it straight forward, he says, seek peace with one another. Encourage the faint-hearted Come alongside those that are hurting. He's saying, use your words in a positive manner. Seek to be at peace with the people around you. Y'all, this is what it means to be in a right relationship with the people around you. But sadly, like I said earlier, man, so many of us are walking around not forgiving the people around us, believing that uh, I gotta get revenge. They hurt me, so guess what? I'm gonna hurt them. Now, you may not say that out loud with your mouth, but in your actions... And even in your digital media, <laughs> some of the things that you're doing, you're withholding forgiveness because you're hoping that it will be revenge on the people who have wronged me. But here's the truth of that guess what? It hurts you more than it hurts them. When you hold on in bitterness, when you hold on in anger, when you hold on, and withhold the forgiveness that God has given you, it hurts you more than it does the person that you're getting. I'm getting him, right? And this is what Paul is saying. Paul is saying, you got you to live at peace with one another. you got to seek to be in the Spirit. Don't quench the Spirit. Allow the Lord to move in you. Reject all the old prophecies. Seek the Word. Seek to know who the Lord is extending grace into forgiveness to our friends who we believe have wronged us is one of the greatest gifts that we can give. And it's a gift of love. If you really love your friends, then you're going to want to forgive them. And you're going to seek to be uh, at peace with them. You know, there's a video that came across. uh, This is a couple years ago, and I'm going to show it to you. This is a real life happened in a courtroom in Dallas, Texas. Uh, A police officer was responding to a domestic violent, violence uh, call. And it was a single officer, and she rolled up to the apartment complex, busted in the door, and when she got into the door, a big dude, big black guy, turned around and was like, what are you doing? And she shot him because she felt like that she was in, uh, in harm's way. Here's the, here's the facts of that story. She walked into the wrong apartment And she shot in cold blood this man who was completely innocent. And so she is obviously being charged for manslaughter. She's being charged for murder. And she is in the courtroom. And this plays out. The brother, one of the brothers of the man who was shot, is in the courtroom testifying in front of this police officer who happens to be a lady. I want to show you what he says about this. I can
1: speak for myself. I I forgive you. And I know if you go to God and ask him, he will forgive you. And I don't think anyone could say it again i'm speaking for myself not even bad for my family but i love you just like anyone else and i'm not going to say i hope you rot and die just like my brother did but i see i i personally want the best for you and i i wasn't going to ever say this in front of my family or anyone but I don't even want you to go to jail I want the best for you because I know that's what—that's exactly what both of them would want you to do and the best would be give your life to Christ that's, I'm not going to say anything else I think giving your life to Christ would be the best thing that both of them would want you to do. Again, I love you as a person, and I don't wish anything bad on you. I don't know if this is possible, but can, can I give her a hug, please? Please, yes.
0: One of the greatest gifts that you could give to the people around you is forgiveness. Why? It's because you have been forgiven. And here's the thing, you have been forgiven fully. Now, it's not one of those half-hearted forgiveness that we get to give away. It is a complete and whole forgiveness. It's not something that, you know, well, I'll forgive you this time, but not the next, and not the next, and not the next, and not the next, you keep wronging me. No, 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 that's not forgiveness. That's not what that is. I'm going to give you three things. You're probably looking at your talk sheet going, Steve, I want to fill in the blanks. You ready? Here we go. Number one, Jesus has the power to forgive. Amen. Jesus has the power to forgive. And I'm going to track, track with me the next two other points. But Matthew 9, 5 through 7 says this, Which is easier to say, your sins are forgiven, or to say, get up and walk? But I tell you to know that the Son of Man has the authority on earth to forgive sins. So he said to the paralyzed man, get up, take your mat, and go home. And that man got up and went home. Jesus has the power to forgive. He has the power to forgive you. And here's point number two. Because Jesus lives within the heart of every believer, therefore the fruit of my life ought to reflect the nature of Jesus. Yep. If I've truly been forgiven, then I'm going to reflect that nature to the people around me. And that means if Jesus has the power to forgive me and Jesus is in me, then I have the power to be able to forgive other people. That means yes. This means, yeah, I'm tracking with you, Steve. And that's the fruit of the Spirit, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, self-control. All of these things come out of my life. Why? Because Jesus dwells within me. When I said a forever yes to Jesus, the Holy Spirit was deposited as a seal into my heart and my life. I'm under His authority. I'm walking in, His, in the light of who He is, and in my relationship with Him, what comes out of me is all of those things of who He is. The character and the nature of God is moving within me, and how I interact with the people around me ultimately reflects the Jesus in me. And so therefore, I need to forgive. Number three, Jesus commands us to forgive each other with the same kind of forgiveness shown to us. And it's a command. In Matthew 6, in the Sermon on the Mount, verses 13 through 14, it says this, if you forgive other people their offenses, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive other people, oh gosh, here it comes, then your Father will not forgive your offenses offenses. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Did you hear what Jesus just said? Son of God right there. He just said, if you don't forgive others their offenses, what is he? He's not going to forgive yours. Y'all, I don't know how bluntly you could say it. If you're holding bitterness, if you're holding forgiveness in your heart, you're walking in disobedience to God. And you're allowing sin, and you're entertaining sin within your heart and your life. And so therefore, what the greatest gifts that I could give, and it's a gift that I get to receive, but also it's a gift I get to give and others get to receive, is the moment when I can look at someone and say, I genuinely forgive you for the things that you said and done for me, against me or done. I forgive you. That doesn't mean it doesn't hurt. Yes, people, we live in a sinful world, and people are going to say something to you And yes, I'm not gonna, abuse happens and you need to report that if you're being abused in any way. You need to report that to us and let us help you get help in that moment. But y'all, if it's just like somebody doesn't like you, or maybe someone just said something offensive that kind of bothered you, and you're holding a grudge against them, and you're not coming against them and like come alongside them and and trying to work work that out with them, y'all, come on. Don't hold a grudge. Just talk to him. Let the love of Christ flow through you as you talk to him. Humble yourself in that moment. Look at him and say, I forgive you. And I'd like to be in a right relationship here. I'd like to be in peace with you. Many of you are allowing conflict to get in, th- in front of and block your relationship with probably some of your best friends. And I pray that tonight would be the night that you would seek to be in forgiveness with the people around you. I pray that tonight, that you would not leave this room until you get right with the people that are around you. And we're gonna give you a moment here, just a few moments to do that. The last thing I have for us, and this is probably the most important one. I said it at the very beginning, and then we're gonna have the band come up and we're gonna do a little bit of worship. Guys, if y'all wanna go ahead, come on, you can. Do you know Christ in such a way that you have accepted the forgiveness of your sins? Are you in a relationship with him? It was an amazing moment. Last week, we had our baptism service. Five people got baptized. Praise the Lord for that. Guess what that was a picture of? The forgiveness of sins. Dirty, come out of the water clean. Four people that night after the baptism service gave their heart and their life to Christ. They accepted the forgiveness of sins. Y'all, that is so amazing. That is so good. And what God's doing in this ministry. But I can't help but to think that maybe some of you in this room right here, are in that, you're in that spot. You're sitting here right now going, Steve, I, I don't know what that means to experience the forgiveness of sin. Steve, I don't understand what that means. But tonight, I want to give you that opportunity. I want to give you that opportunity right now to ask Christ to come into your heart and your life and to forgive you of your sin so that you will have a relationship with Him and that He has a relationship with you.